Welcome to the Pattern Podcast from KSE in London. As a church, we want to learn ways of being with Jesus, becoming like him and doing the things he did in order to see this city we love transformed. This podcast is a resource to help us explore these spirit-filled patterns of living and start putting them into practice every day. For this episode, we're looking at the practice of contemplation and trying to understand its role and importance in a busy city like London. We went to visit Jane Williams, who lectures at Sumlitis College in West London, to get her tips for staying present in the moment amidst the demands of everyday life. So thank you so much for being here, Jane. First question, just to start us off. Um, if you had to pin down contemplation, how would you describe it and what is it to you? Contemplation is, is um, giving yourself to the moment that you're actually in. It's really paying attention to where you are and how you're feeling and uh, what is around you at that particular moment. Mm. Uh, and um, it's just a hugely important skill because we so seldom do it. It's ridiculous, isn't it? The moment is all we've got. And this is the reality that God has given us, this here and now moment. And we are always looking in other directions. Mm. So it's actually that that call to pay attention mm. to God in that moment. Mm. And what do you think some of the, the common misconceptions of it are? I think the ones that I've come across most uh, commonly are um, that it's not Christian mm-hmm. um, because it is uh, some of the physical practices are shared um, by lots of different faiths and indeed no faiths, that sort of how you still your body, the kind of techniques of it. Um, so people assume that if the techniques are the same, then the um, goal must be the same. And of course, it's not. <laughs> so the goal of Christian meditation is to um, lay ourselves open to the attention of God so that um, for once we're not telling God everything, but actually listening. So that's one of the common um, misconceptions. And I think another one is that it's um, that it's self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to do in this world, sitting around and... Uh, just contemplating feels like an indulgence. Um, and I always um, quote that great phrase, which I think is probably Archbishop Tutu, I'm too busy not to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and we're all aware that our busyness gets a control of us and, and we don't do things well if we're not centred in God. Mm-hmm. So it's that um, call to be centred. Mm-hmm. Is there, what do you see then, because you talked about contemplation and prayer almost the same breath, so what, what do you see, do you see them as brother and sister, cousins, are they related, like what's, what's the relationship between contemplation and prayer? I do think they're related, um, I think they're, um, they can, they've got slightly different feels to them, mm. um, but I, uh, I normally would attempt to do the two together and um, move from um, attempting to be wordless to attempting to put into words petitions and praise and so on. Um, but I, for me, at least, the, the contemplation element, um, the attempting to be wordless, is is a, a, an important part of that because it's trying to let God take the initiative, mm-hmm. which you know, which is His, isn't it? After all, yeah. Have you seen contemplation or, or people practicing con- the art of contemplation having them become more like Jesus? One of the things that really strikes you about Jesus, isn't it, in the Gospels, is that he pays attention to the moment. Um, he's the one who sees the people that nobody else sees. Uh, when the, the woman with the terrible hemorrhages touches his hem, in that great crowd, he's the one who notices her. He sees children that nobody else sees. He notices nature, 
Um, he takes time off. I mean, the, the way he talks about the, the lilies of the field and the birds mm. in the air and so on, he, he, he looks at what the world is around him. And I think, um, again, that sense that you get from Jesus that he sees the world as gift, Father's good gift to us, and therefore pays attention to it, um, both in the creation and in the human creation. If you did turn on his head then, if that's something of what contemplation is, if you flip it round, um, what, what's the opposite of contemplation? A life lived without it, what does that look like? And what would you say, I think we're particularly interested in, in taking our community on a journey through these things, not just practising on our own. So what would a community that abandons the practice of, of, of contemplation, what's the trajectory of a community like that? I think we're seeing that all over the place, aren't we? It's, a, a com, um, it's, it's people who are busy, just um, without purpose even necessarily, just need to be busy. Um, people who are not uh, self-reflective, um, so they don't, uh, they haven't made themselves aware of, um, of God's gaze upon them. So they rush from one thing to another. Um, I think a community that um, endlessly uh, went round on a kind of hamster wheel of even spiritual activity um, would, in the end, dry out. Um, and I think if you're if you're not good at paying attention uh, to the world and to yourself and God's action in the moment. You're probably not very good at paying attention to each other. Mm. Um, and so I think you, you gradually just dry out. Mm. I think it's that, that um, endless, uh, baseless activism. It's, obviously, we are all called to be active for God. Um, but I think we need to wait for God to tell us how mm. <laughs> and not make up our own minds about what God is asking us to do. Mm. Mm. And you've, you've already touched on some of it, um, but just to say it more explicitly, it's like what are the... The, some of the, I suppose, idols or addictions that you would imagine would come to the surface of people trying to practice contemplation. I think um, so. The, the idols that one works against when mm. trying to, I, I think, one of them is this sense that we're in control, mm. um, which is why, for me, contemplation and praying in tongues have always been very closely linked gifts, and um, they are deliberate. Uh, giving God control, and making space for God, um, and that 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 sense that um, God is looking at us, mm. God is there with us, God is paying attention to us. So I think um, it, it, avoiding that um, suggests that you're in control of God, that you're in control of the world, um, rather than starting from that point of being invited into the presence of God, from which everything else will flow. Mm. If you were to um, take things like uber practical for a moment, what, um, how do you even start? Like, what's the first step into practicing contemplation? If most of us living in London in particular, where, where we're living, um, find life can be quite busy as an automatic sort of route, what, what, what's our first step? How do we go from zero to one in contemplation? Well, I would suggest starting um, really small, so giving yourself say maximum two to three minutes to begin with. Um, uh, the sort of usual way is to sit somewhere comfortable, don't have your legs crossed, and don't have your arms crossed, uh, don't slump, sort of so, sit so that your body is balanced um, and then start to um, pay attention. I usually start with my feet for some reason and sort of gradually uh, work my way up so that I feel my body um, 
uh, attempting to regulate my breathing. And as I do this, um, for me, it's very important that it's about Jesus. So it's not just a physical technique. So I normally use the Jesus prayer, which is in its simplest form, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's a very ancient prayer, which we know was, has been used from the third, fourth century um, by Christians in the Egyptian deserts. And some people don't find that helpful. They find that um, particular emphasis on us as sinners before God, um, undermining of their sense of being loved. So um, you could say, come Holy Spirit, come Lord Jesus, but just to have a phrase that goes with the rhythm of your breathing. Um, uh, and don't feel uh, that it's something that you're going to succeed or fail at. That's part of what you're trying to get away from, um, that sense that we're always measuring ourselves. That, so if, if you within 10 seconds, your brain has gone to the laundry, what you're going to have for supper, don't worry, just keep coming back. And start quite small. I think I might even suggest, to begin with, uh, that you set your alarm for sort of three minutes afterwards so that you, you're not looking at the clock and thinking, how long have I been? You just give yourself that time. Um, some people find it incredibly difficult to sit still. Um, if you're, a, if you can walk and do this, but again, just paying attention, making sure you're actually paying attention to the moment. In line with that, um, following on from that, what are your tips in 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 the busyness of life and how to carve out the space? So, if that's what we're hoping to sort of achieve, is our first step um, that paying attention. Um, many of us would find it even hard and. To even go outside. So, any tips for in a hurried world um, making that first step? I think you need to look realistically at your life. Um, I mean, for example, if you've got small children, you know that the minute you wake up and start to want to pray, they're going to wake up and want to be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a friend who, having gone nearly demented with trying to get up earlier and earlier so that the children wouldn't be up when he was trying to say his prayers, just thought, hang on, God gave me these children invited them to come with him. He had a small corner of his room where he used to say his prayers and found the children actually were better at it than he was because mm. um, they, they got the sort of sense of it being something a bit mysterious and, and wonderful. So look at your life and see where it will fit. Um, I find it quite helpful to attempt to do it on the tube because um, I don't like the tube um, and I'm usually travelling at rush hour so it's packed mm. uh, and actually thinking actually, every person in this carriage is somebody that God loves um, I will attempt to pay attention to them, not not in a way I hope that's going to freak them out by actually staring at them, but again, just sort of um, attempting to feel my body, pay attention to it, see myself as a beloved child of God in a carriage full of um, people who are equally beloved but might not know that they are, and sort of try to, to, to um, pray and, and be aware of God's presence there. So... I think particularly if you're not saying, if you're not making this a great thing that you have to achieve... But actually something that you need, it's like a glass of water um, in a, on a busy, hot day. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you find there are all kinds of spaces actually in your life where it's perfectly possible just for a few minutes. Uh, and I find increasingly I, I crave it. Um, and so that I, 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 I don't find it difficult to find space now because um, I need it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jane. I love gold in that. That's amazing. Thank you for listening to the Pattern Podcast. If you'd like to explore more spirit-filled patterns of living, head over to pattern.org.uk.